Welcome to Stuff You Need to Know About Medicare. I'm Sally Squires, and I'm here with my co-host, Kyle Moody. We're talking to Phil Muller, the best-selling author of a number of books about Medicare and Social Security. Also known as Medicare Phil, he's just published a new volume, Get What's Yours for Healthcare, which has also been excerpted in Newsweek magazine. We're delighted to have him with us again. This is part two of an interview that Kyle and I did with him recently. And thanks for continuing the conversation with us, Phil. So, Phil, what are the basic pathways into Medicare? There are two basic pathways into Medicare, and that's what I tend to write about when I approach it. So the classic pathway is Medicare Part A covers hospital expenses, nursing homes, hospice, uh, some other things, but those are the big ones. Part B covers doctor's expenses, outpatient expenses, and durable medical equipment, which in common parlance is medical equipment that like lasts. It's, it's not bandages. It's like, you know, you need a knee brace. Um, that's a durable piece of medical equipment. So um, key thing to remember for later in the discussion is part A has an annual deductible. So if you have an episode of care, you can pay a hefty annual deductible and I said episode of care because the Part A deductible is not annual. It lasts for each episode of care. There has to be like a 60-day break between the episodes. So the point is you can end up paying the deductible for Part A twice or even more in a, in a year, um, which is too bad because it means you've got some really serious health issues. So Part B, though, only pays 80% of covered expenses. Medicare is pretty generous in what it covers. I mean, it's broad coverage, but it doesn't pay 100 cents on the dollar. It pays 80%. So people with that Part A and Part B, Part B people can be exposed a little bit, which is why many people on original Medicare also get what's called a Medicare supplement plan or a Medigap plan. Those are state regulated plans that can pay nearly all of the 20 percentage points that Medicare doesn't fully pay. There are different degrees of coverage you can get with a Medigap plan. Again, they all have initials that define them, but some plans have stopped. And so there's a blank, there's a break in the initial. So, you know, there are like 11 plans or something, but they go all the way, way into the alphabet because they've They've shuttered some of the earlier plans. So and and don't they also vary? Also, so for example, I live in in the District of Columbia, and there are only certain plans that are available in D.C. And so, if I lived in Virginia, like you do, or California, like you do, Kyle, I might have all different kinds of options. Correct? It's correct. There are different plans available um, by different companies in different markets. So just because you're going to offer Medigap or Medicare supplement plan doesn't mean you have to offer every letter of the alphabet. You can offer the lowest, the A plan, and then you can offer a, a D and a G plan, but you're not offering you know, a C plan. Uh, so it, it, it's confusing. Again, the, the good news is, is that if, if Mutual of Omaha and AARP offer a D plan, that plan is identical. It's the same plan regardless 
um, of, of who you get it from. The only thing that really differs is the company that's backing it and possibly the cost of the plan. I know when you and I first talked, Phil, that there, you know, you said that there were some interesting changes in advantage plans and a lot of things that are getting offered. And, um, but there's, there are an, an array of them as well, right? Medicare Advantage in its current form really wasn't even possible until maybe about 15 years ago. The plan started to come out in, in the middle of that first decade of the 21st century. They have become very popular. One of the reasons they're popular is that you deal with one insurer for everything. So they cover everything that part A and B covers. By law, they have to cover those things. They also bundle in drug coverage, most plans. And lastly, they have an out-of-pocket maximum that's comparable in its purpose to a Medigap plan. So you have some upside protection against having ruinous medical expenses. Those plans usually have separate out-of-pockets for the drug and for the medical, which people don't understand. I only got one pocket. How come I got two out-of-pockets? Anyway, the bottom line, you do have two out-of-pockets. So Medicare Advantage plans now capture, they're approaching 40% of the market because in addition to the ease of use relative to the other package, they cost less. So many Medicare Advantage plans have $0 premiums, which is a very attractive selling point. And when they do, I tell people, look at the fine print, look at the co-insurance and the co-payments and the, those things, because you want to do out-of-pocket comparisons. So, and, and Kyle, is that where um, a licensed agent could also help because they can kind of walk you through what the fine print might be? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's where a licensed agent or a website like MedicareBenefits.com would help um, because you can look at these plans side by side uh, or an agent can help you look at the plan side by side and look at what the costs are, um, what your deductibles may be, um, what the maximum out-of-pocket cost uh, known as MOOP might be. Those are all things that a person should consider. And, and candidly, you know, you, if, if you're going to consider Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement, do a side-by-side -side of both of them and consider maybe not what your current healthcare situation is, but as Phil mentioned before, what your future situation might be. Let's assume for a moment you're going to have a year where you get sick and you need to go to the hospital twice and see the doctor four times and see a specialist three times. And then run the math against something like that and determine what might be the best plan for you. Let me, let me mention there's a but in Medicare Advantage. <laughs> Call it an asterisk, whatever you want. But, but this to me gets at the, at the real direction of healthcare in this country. Medicare Advantage plans can offer lower rates in large measure because they require you to use providers in a plan's network. So these plans go into a local market and they make agreements with hospitals, doctors, other caregivers, and they enroll them in their provider network. And in doing so, they normally negotiate favorable rates. Why? Because it's a big insurance company and they've got some market leverage and they say to the doctor, hey, if you'd like access to you know, 47,000 patients in our market, then you should join our network. So, um, and there's a lot of interesting negotiations about what goes on in networks. But bottom line is because you're in a network, the insurer can offer you relatively lower costs because they're benefiting 
from the economies of scale in that network. You, on the other hand, though, have to use providers in the network. In some cases, you may not be covered if you're not in network. In most cases, you're gonna pay an upcharge. So um, that's why these plans are more financially advantageous to people. The bigger point is that the kind of Medicare that we're gonna have in this country in the future is very likely to be Medicare Advantage, not original Medicare. And the reason is, is that managed healthcare, whether you like it or not, is the only way we're gonna be able to provide healthcare to the numbers of people who need it at a price that's not gonna further bankrupt us. We're already bankrupted in healthcare. Our healthcare expenses are double per capita of any other developed nation. As I, I, I write the story all the time. We spent $3.6 trillion last year on healthcare. Imagine if we had an extra $1.8 trillion to spend on climate change, industrial infrastructure, you name it, or just keep it in your pocket. I could find a use for $1.8 trillion. The point is, it's never going to happen. That, that horse already ran, so to speak. And so, um, but in trying to grapple with healthcare costs, original Medicare tends to encourage overuse of care because I'm, I'm the patient, I'm the Medicare enrollee. If Medicare covers it and my doctor says it's okay, there's no question they're gonna pay. The, nobody looks at whether you need the care. And, and so we have way too much care in this country um, for some people and we have too little care for others. So just to play devil's advocate then, so if you, if does managed care mean that I'm not going to be able to choose the doctor I want or not going to be able to choose the hospital that I want to go to, or it might mean that I can't get in to have something done? Under current Medicare Advantage approaches, it could mean that. It could mean that you, you know, so when I, when I tell people about how to choose a plan, the first thing I said, well, for goodness sake, call your key providers and say, are you in these plans? Now, sometimes that doesn't help because plans do change their mind mid-year. And it's one of sort of the Achilles heel of managed care is that the information doesn't, the reality of the information doesn't catch up to what you, you think is going on. In other words, you, you have a network at the beginning of the plan year and it changes and nobody tells you. Bottom line, though, I think over time, what you're going to see is a blend. And so... Managed care in the future will probably give you access to more providers than is currently the case. Do you think that's the case, Kyle? Are you seeing that shift in the insurance industry? Yeah, we've absolutely seen the shift. Um, you know, I've, I've been in this arena for, for 30 years, and I can tell you that the difference in, in the, the hospitals and the medical groups and those things that are currently available in network compared to what they were 10 years ago is significant and compared to what they were 20 years ago is absolutely off the charts. So, you know, there, there are a lot of providers who understand they, they kind of, you know, are, are skating to where the puck is going, right? They see that uh, in order to provide care to the masses, you've got to be a part of this. Um, and, and again, you know, to, to Phil's point, the onus is on the consumer to do their research. And, and from my point of view, the things that are most important when you're considering joining a plan, 
whether it's a Medicare supplement plan or an MA plan, um, you know, sub plans are easy because if it's on, if Medicare covers it, the sub plan is going to cover you or, or the Medigap plan, however you want to term it. Um, on, on Medicare Advantage, you need to check to see, are, are my, is my doctor in the network? First of all, your primary care physician. Second, your specialist. And then do you have a hospital that you are you want to go to and does your specialist and, and um, primary care physician admit to that hospital under this plan? All things you need to consider. And then you have to add your prescription drugs into it, right? Are, are my drugs on that plan's formulary that also covers my, my doctors? Once you can put all of that together, you can start making some really good decisions. But, it, it, you know, you need some help. Prescription drugs um, reminds me of a great story that Phil told me once on himself. Do you know, um, as, as you were approaching the, the deadline of the annual enrollment period, I think you discovered something about a particular medication that you took and what the financial repercussions would have been. Yes, I violated my own rule. I made an assumption. Never assume, find out. So I, um, I was looking at my drug plan as it rolled over and my insurer, I would swear, didn't tell me this, but maybe they did. Um, they stopped covering one of my drugs in what's called their formulary, which is the fancy name for the drugs that a health plan will cover. Um, it turns out it's a very expensive drug. It's a biologic and it costs a bundle. So, um, I happened to find this out on December 6th, the day before open enrollment ended, and I avoided a $20,000 hit, because um, that's how much I would have had to pay out of pocket. So I, uh, I quickly <laughs> got a new drug plan. Um, and so that's the other thing. You know, These insurers do send out notices every year of what's gonna change. By and large, they're accurate. There are always mistakes, but the point is, these documents do what they're supposed to do, and people put them in the trash or use them as birdcage liner. They don't read these things. I'm going to jump in on that one, Phil, because I have to tell you, I, you know, there there is the annual notice of change that goes out from the carriers to the consumer, um, and and they can be confusing. They they may have a lot of information buried in the back that that's hard to to get into. Um, you know. We've talked a lot about a consumer doing their initial research. I would tell you that once a year, everybody on Medicare owes it to themselves to do a benefits checkup um, and, and to make sure that their doctors are still in the network and to make sure that their drugs are still on the formulary and, and you know, to, to look at what your insurance company or other insurance companies are now providing. Um, you know, there has been a, a, a change um, over over the past year specifically, in what insurance companies are providing to consumers. I would tell you a year ago, there is a very small amount of consumers on Medicare who knew anything at all about telemedicine. And now on, on the Medicare Advantage side of things, practically every carrier is offering telemedicine at a lesser or equal copay to senior primary care physician. A year ago, it would have cost you more, significantly more, to see a doctor using telemedicine. And now it's the same price or maybe even less than it was before. So things are changing. Healthcare evolves. Your personal health evolves. And you owe it to yourself to once a year 
prior to the annual election period, if you are on Medicare Advantage, to investigate um, whether your plan still covers your particular needs. And, you know, if, if you have worsening health, maybe you've been diagnosed with COPD or asthma or something else during the year, there may be even a better plan that has some specific coverage for your needs. So just once a year, do your due diligence, you owe it to yourself, and you may qualify for much better benefits than you have today. So is it kind of like remembering to change the battery in your, you know, in your um, carbon monoxide uh, uh, detector or uh, or getting your stuff ready for taxes or something that you ought to set something on your calendar to say, hey, I got to do this. And if you're now getting to be one of the older seniors or somebody who maybe isn't quite as capable, do you also flag that for whoever is on your healthcare team? you know, your family, friends, et cetera, members? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that once a year, say October 1st, October 15th, somewhere in that realm, um, get all of your prescription drugs, pull them down, get the list of everybody you saw as a physician in the last year, write all of that down and go do your due diligence. And if you depend on a caregiver or if you are a caregiver of somebody who can't do this on their own, then as a caregiver, you, you owe it to yourself and to the person you're giving care for to do the same. Do you have a sense, Kyle, of how, how common it is for you to be dealing with an adult child or another caregiver who's going to help the actual beneficiary make that annual election decision? You know, it, it gets more and more common, and it tends to be the oldest daughter is my experience. Um, and, uh, you know, especially as people age, I, I think if, if you're an octogenarian, you're, you're over 80, right? Um, those people are definitely dependent on, on somebody to assist them in many cases, not always, um, but in many cases, I would tell you that my experience is, um, right now it's somewhere about 15 to 20% of the time somebody is assisting. We didn't mention some other things in Medicare Advantage. First of all, Medicare Advantage often covers hearing, dental, and vision. They're not great plans, but original Medicare doesn't cover any of those things. Right, everything above the neck, right? <laughs> so you get some you get some additional benefits that are included in this cost that may be less than you would pay for a complete package of original Medicare. The other, what I think is a big deal in Medicare Advantage plans is that beginning a couple of years ago, legislation was passed that permitted these plans to cover what I call non-medical benefits. That's not what Medicare says, but that's what I say because that's how they're interpreted. So um, if you need, if you've been in the hospital and you're, you're discharged, you go home, um, some plans will cover home delivered nutritious meals for two weeks to help you get back on your feet. Other plans may cover transportation to doctor's appointments. Some plans may cover what I call aging in place developments in your home, like put grab bars in your shower. The, the key concept here and the official phrase for this are called social determinants of health. And there's even everything as an acronym. You know, when I did the Medicare book, CMS has a has a website that is a dictionary of Medicare acronyms. It has four and a half thousand entries. You can spend forever just looking at the acronym. Bottom line is 
social determinants of health, I believe, are going to become a very, very big deal. Especially if you get a government structure that is more sympathetic to the needs of people who can't afford what I'd call platinum quality healthcare. So much of what is involved with your health is not what pill you take, what doctor you go see. They're called social determinants of health. If you live in substandard housing with not good running water and toilet facilities that are filthy, all those things, guess what? It has a real adverse effect in your health. So what we're learning over time, which is which is the theme of the new book, is we've amassed a impressive amount of clinical evidence that lets us understand what works and what doesn't in healthcare. Yeah, that well, those are all really, really good points. Um, if you were to leave everybody with kind of a bottom line on what they need to do, and you know, like maybe three things that that are critical, I'd love to hear from each of you. Like, what is it that you think people could do better? Do your homework. Talk to your providers. Practice preventive care. Those are good. Those are good. Kyle, what would you add? Um, I, I, I do your homework is the number one for me. I, I you, you gotta plan and prepare. Um, act early. Be be proactive. Uh, it's it's very important um, that you don't wait until the last minute on things. And then my last one is. It's not a one-time decision. Do this every year. Well, sadly, we are out of time. Huge thanks to Phil Muller, also known as Medicare Phil, for his time and expertise today. Check out his books, Get What's Yours for Social Security, as well as Get What's Yours for Medicare. And his most recent volume, which was just published, is Get What's Yours for healthcare. Find more information about Medicare plans at medicarebenefits.com or call the toll-free number to speak to a licensed certified agent at 1-833-506-0899. Again, that's 1-833-506-0899. Until next time, I'm Sally Squires. Thanks for listening to Stuff You Need to Know About Medicare. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast, Stuff You Need to Know About Medicare, on Apple Podcasts. Support for Stuff You Need to Know About Medicare comes from Medicare Benefits Solutions, which produces MedicareBenefits.com. This site enables you to compare hundreds of Medicare plans from the leading health insurance companies. This free service enables you to find the best plan for your needs and budget and gives you access to experienced, licensed Medicare insurance agents to assist in your decision. And yes, it's all free. Learn more at MedicareBenefits.com or by calling the toll-free number one 833 Five zero six zero eight nine nine. Again, one eight three three five zero six zero eight nine nine.